This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to Friday Night Live with me Hafi Shaban on this lovely Friday afternoon on the 27th of July corresponding to the 14th of Zil Qaeda 1439 Welcome back inshallah ta'ala and jazakallah to brother Abdul Akbar who's been in the hot seat for the last couple of weeks unfortunately I wasn't able to come in and meet him I I, I really do apologize brother Abdul Akbar you know but I was very busy new role and wasn't able to catch up with you but inshallah ta'ala next time brother uh, trust that all of our listeners enjoyed the last couple of weeks with brother Abdul Akbar back in the hot seat inshallah ta'ala and you are making the most of the lovely weather out there the advice at the moment is to stay out of the heat but i believe that the weekend forecast is some rain to come our way so it might be a good and a welcome respite for a lot of you out there inshallah ta'ala anyway as usual we're broadcasting live to Luton on 105.1 FM. Uh, broadcasting also live to our sister stations up and down the country. Sheffield, Link FM, Peterborough Salam, And nationally, internationally via the Inspire FM app. And also uh, Facebook live stream, inshallah ta'ala. So those of you that have access to Facebook, and that's most of you, you can watch us live in the studio. Right, so inshallah ta'ala, tune in and most importantly, you need to join today's debate. You need to join today's discussion, get your voices heard because we're going to be discussing a topic that's going to be very close to many of the hearts of our listeners inshallah ta'ala. And as always, your thoughts and your opinions count. So get in touch, don't just listen to us silently. Right, you need to know the numbers if you want to call into the studio 01582. 01582481822 and we really want to hear from some of our listeners out in in Luton in Nottingham in Sheffield you know there's a lot of hysteria out there at the moment there's a lot of celebrations out there I've seen a lot of some wild celebrations happening in some of these cities I want to hear from you what are you celebrating 01582481822 SMS WhatsApp messages 0779481822 inshallah ta'ala that's if you want to send in your SMS and WhatsApp messages on the subjects that we're going to be discussing tonight inshallah ta'ala so we got a we got a packed first hour at least and some other topics to discuss later on in the second hour of the show inshallah ta'ala just a reminder this is Friday night live and you're with me your host Hafi Shaban Right, so what's going to be our leading story? Is there another leading story that we could be discussing on Friday Night Live other than Tabdili Aai Hai? Tabdili Aai Hai, right? Nia Pakistan Rok Sokoto Roklo, right? So that, those are the nare that you know you've been hearing over the last couple of days. Tabdili Aai Hai, so we're going to be asking what Tabdili Aai Hai, what Tabdili has, uh, has really arrived in Pakistan. And of course, we are discussing as our lead story for the first hour, one hour special full hour special inshallah ta'ala on Pakistan elections Imran Khan whoa who predicted that result Imran Khan out there more than likely now to become the next Prime Minister of Pakistan 
obviously in the moment in, in the current moments obviously forming uh, obviously what he will need a coalition with some of the other independents inshallah uh, but that's what's happening out in the Pakistan we've seen celebrations in a number of cities in the UK of course we've seen hysteria jubilant scenes across Pakistan and uh, that's what we're going to be discussing who would have predicted that is this a new dawn a new horizon for Pakistan or is it a different face but the same system we're going to be discussing that inshallah ta'ala all right so what else have we got for you uh, in addition to pakistan elections and one hour special on pakistan elections because i'm sure not all of our listeners are pakistanis and not all of our listeners are interested in the pakistan elections so for you in the second hour of the show inshallah ta'ala we have a brother in the studio who i'll introduce shortly to you who's going to be Telling us more about the about, about a, a unity convoy, a unity convoy of ambulances that are being taken to inside Syria, inshallah ta'ala. So this is a unity convoy of ambulances that are being taken to Syria. So we're going to be discussing with a brother who's involved in this particular campaign and a, a, a fundraiser event that's coming up to support that, uh, you know, unity convoy for ambulances taken to Syria, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to be discussing that in the second hour of the show. That's a half an hour, uh, which is going to be our second story. And our last story for the day, for the for the show today, inshallah, is going to be on the Heatwave UK. Heatwave UK, right? I don't know what you think, but I've been loving it. I have been loving the heat and I'm I'm the type of guy who who loves the heat likes to sit out there in the heat and absorb that that sunshine but of course that's not the advice that's being given out by the met office and not and the heat is not necessary and the sun is not necessarily very good for everyone right and it has and it poses its challenges so we're going to be discussing how to best cope with the heat wave and as i said the weather forecasters are already predicting rain for the weekend not to spoil your plans for the barbecue over the weekend but we're going to be discussing with one of our guests uh, Dr Saab how to best cope with the heat, uh, heat wave and some practical advice because they are saying that these uh, these heat waves are, uh, are set to stay with us for some time uh, not only this year but in, in the years to come so we need to understand what is the best way to cope with the heat wave so that's the agenda for this uh, evening inshallah ta'ala without further ado let me also introduce to you my uh, a guest in the studio inshallah ta'ala brother Hamid Niazi assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah brother Hamid Niazi wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh to the Friday Night Live show, mashallah. First time you're in the studio, first time we are, you know, speaking to you on Friday Night Live. I don't know if you've been on any of the other presenters' show, but welcome to Friday Night Live, inshallah. No, jazakallah khair. Thank you very much for inviting me. Alhamdulillah. So we're gonna we're gonna kick start the, the our our discussion this evening, and as I said, we're gonna be discussing. We're going to be discussing uh, Imran Khan and the Pakistan elections, right? Inshallah ta'ala. Of course, you're, you're from Pakistan. You've spent a number of years in Pakistan, uh, Brother Hamid, right? Uh, give me your re- initial reactions and response to what you've seen over the, over the last couple of days. I mean, what we've seen over the last couple of days is typical for Pakistan. Alhamdulillah, from a positive point of view, the people have always kept Amid, always kept the positive. Um, they've never been defeated, regardless of the difficulties and the problems that they've faced. So they've always looked for the good side. But the part of the problem is what you keep your Amid in and what you keep your hopes in. Um, I would like to see a real Tabdili come in Pakistan. But I think you touched on it. 
Um, just a face change isn't really going to hack it in Pakistan. Right, but but let's discuss firstly in terms of just the re- the, the the elections. Uh, were the commentators and any of the analysts predicting a, a victory for uh, Tahrike Insaf and Imran Khan, or is uh, because I'm, of course I mean historically it's always been the People's Party versus the Nawaz Sharif's party, right? Uh, and and uh, there's there's never been an opportunity for this third party to emerge. Now there's obviously been a number of different events over the last couple of months and years that have really you know led towards this third party and and, and uh, almost like a carving out of a role for a third party but but were analysts really predicting uh, a victory for Imran Khan I mean um, prior to the election if you look at the sort of news heavy headlines and the sort of things that were coming out it certainly did look like PTI was the favorite horse to be backing at the time mm. I mean if you look at politics in Pakistan um, the governments aren't really sort of selected by the people as such behind the scenes there's a lot of horse trading that goes on um, with the generally with the army basically if you're in with the army you've got a chance to come inside so it looked like there were signs that PTI were in favor with the army prior to the election okay all right Okay, that, that that's interesting. All right, we we are we are trying to line up a number of different guests that we are gonna, going to inshallah ta'ala, be speaking to. We should be speaking to Kamal Haider, Al Jazeera, Pakistan, uh, brother Abu Isra, who's a political analyst, and also uh, one of the uh, journalists, Dr. Sundas Ali Umair. I'm not sure we've got been able to get through to them at the moment, but I, I want to get some views from our listeners, inshallah, uh, with regards to the Pakistan election. So I, you know, I really want our listeners to you know dial in 0158248182 to to hear your thoughts with regards to the the Iran Khan's election victory in Pakistan but we do have Dr Sundus uh, Ali on the line uh, Dr Sundus welcome to Friday night live thank you very much uh, i hope i've uh, pronounced your name correctly Yes, yes, you have. All right, yes, fantastic. Yes. So, you're, so you're a journalist from the University of Oxford, but I understand that you've been following the, the, the political developments in Pakistan quite closely and the Pakistani elections. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm uh, a lecturer actually, not a, not a journalist. Right. Yes, I've been uh, I've been following the recent events in Pakistan and um, and not just recently, but yeah, in the last few years, uh, how society has been changing, uh, how democracy has has started to flourish. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and what, what do you make of the the result and Imran Khan's uh, victory? Uh? Yeah, so I I I think this uh, it it came as a surprise uh, because my my hypothesis for the elections was that I I didn't think that PTI would be able to gain a majority at this stage. As as we know, the PTI has been uh, growing as a party over the last uh, twenty two years, uh, but I. I did think I thought it would be a hung parliament. I I didn't speculate that it would be a majority, um, but I've been pleasantly surprised by by the number of people who've who've turned out to vote. The voter turnout has been significant um, uh, compared to to elections before. Um, but what I think is really what what's really important here is is to note how society and civil society is changing in Pakistan. Mm. Um, in in the last uh, I would say in the last decade since yeah. 2008. So since Musharraf, Pervez Musharraf was ousted out, um, you know we've had two consecutive civilian-led governments in Pakistan, um, and this is this will be the third one. Um, but what what's going on behind behind these civilian-led 
governments is is that society and and people um, are are you know awakening politically their consciousness mm. um, who they want to be ruled by um, the media has become more investigative um, there have been uh, public protests and demonstrations yeah. by you know legal professionals so I think what's really important for us to focus on is it's it's very easy to say that the army is involved or you know mm. have those speculations but I think but but. We have to notice that society is changing and people are voting. Yeah. Uh, they are participating. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt with with regards to the masses, uh, you know, and their frustrations and, and and the headlines that have broken over the last few months and years. I, I, even if you go all the way back to the Panama leaks uh, and, and what what you know you know emerged out of that uh, out of that leak. But I mean, there's also no no doubt that the real uh, you know shakers and movers in the Pakistani political you know sphere is always the military. And uh, there's no doubt that a lot of the observers have you know pointed to a number of different events that have taken place which shows a clear indicate which clearly indicates the fact that according to them at least that the military was you know no longer was interested in in keeping or uh, you know retaining Nawaz Sharif uh, in in the in his position and was carving in effect the the the, the way for Tahrik Insaf and Imran Khan to to come in as as a new alternative um, I think so. I think I would really like to to know what these events are or where the evidence is for these mm. speculations, the, because yeah. for me it seems like they are. You know, I I agree that Pakistan has historically had a lot of military uh, interference. Mm. That mm. I've been watching, uh, I've been watching trends um, and, and democratic elements advance yeah. in Pakistan over the yeah. last ten years, yeah. uh, as I say, in the last decade. Yeah. I think the role of the military has become minimal. Um, it doesn't have a direct influence because people are actually not going to accept that sort of interference anymore. Yeah. People will go out in the streets and demonstrate and what PTI has been able to do is mobilize the youth and politically charge them um, and, 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 and as you've seen in the last few years there have been many protests. Um, what this election really important in is, is telling us that now people want change um, and I think I'm, I'm not saying that the military is not involved or it has no influence uh, but what I'm saying is that we are overplaying the role of the military right um, you know we should perhaps actually just take a step back and look at how what people are saying what um, you know uh, women uh, who have uh, turned out to vote from yes. conservative areas in Pakistan yeah. who had never voted before yeah yeah right. um, so we, we have to look at those trends mm-hmm. no no, no no doubt that people want change no doubt people want you know you know responsible government you know transparent government a government that's going to put the interest of the people at the forefront as opposed to you know themselves with the traditional parties Imran Khan obviously sings you know Imran Khan's mantra and his slogans you know sing you know appeal very well with the people it demonstrates people's desire for change do you think Imran Khan's going to really deliver that change I think he will, but I think mm. we have to be uh, very patient. It will take a long time. Um, I mean, since you know, since um, uh, yesterday's result, no. I've uh, already had discussions with many people who are quite negative and yeah. are saying, "Oh, he's not going to be able to deliver." You mm. know, he's all words and nothing, no action. But actually, I think his recent success, uh, you know, it shows us that uh, he has delivered. But mm. it's taken him a long time because because of uh, because of the kind of political dynasties that he was fighting with. Um, mm. I mean, let. Face that if you were a, if you are a part of a political family, you have a very easy route into politics in Pakistan. If you're not, if you're people like you and me, mm. we 
think about entrance politics, we, we, we think, how do we start? Mm. So what, what Imran Khan has done, he's opened that platform for, you know, people who are aspiring to go into politics or make change in Pakistan uh, mm. through his party. And I'm not saying his party is all non-political. He does yes. have, you know, uh, people in there who have political backgrounds, but he had to make those compromises to be able to advance. Um, right. And I think um, I think he will deliver in, in response to your question. Yeah. I, I actually, my, my uh, yeah, hypothesis is that he will deliver. Yeah. Uh, but in the next four years, um, he will, you know, deliver some key milestones. But then that's not enough to what he made in, uh, said in his speech yesterday is, mm. is a long term vision. It will take at least, uh, you know, 10 years to really to, to have to start having those changes in institutions. But uh, what he's opened is, uh, you know, is this uh, pathway for change. Mm. So uh, if he gets reelected in the next elections, then I think he will you know, have a stronger mandate to continue mm. that good work that he's doing. Right. Um, yeah. All right. So ten, I, I don't know if he's going to get ten years to to make all of those changes that that you're you're, you're saying that is, that are necessary. Well, well, what do you think are, are the greatest challenges that actually you know lie await uh, for Imran Khan? I think the challenges are already actually apparent. You know, mm. as, we, as we've seen, the election uh, results are not still have still not been officially announced. Yeah. Know, there, there's, there's, there's all this uh, chaos going on mm. um, and all, everybody from left, right and centre, all the different political parties are, are contesting the results, are mm. challenging the results. So he's, you know, he's, yeah, he's facing all of these political challenges and, yeah. and it, these uh, challenges which will continue. I think uh, he will uh, face obstacles at every step of the way, but I think what, and I hope what Imran Khan is able to do through his party is, is, is really strengthen the system, mm. uh, you know, uh, because then if he's not there, like you say, in ten years, well, what we need are yeah. what we need is a party that that builds upon, you know, a good, a fair and just legal system, a yeah. functioning tax system. Yes. Uh, we need a middle class. We need those kinds of, uh, yeah. uh, I think, elements that we have in countries like Britain. We need yes. we need those kinds of elements so that even if he's not there in four years, yeah. his party is able to to carry forward those changes. Well, well, but he will face significant yeah. challenges. No, no, absolutely. So, so Dr. Sundus, right? Let, let me let me ask you, right? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I listened to Imran Khan's, you know, almost like they say that like the presidential like, you know, inauguration speech almost, right? Without it yes. actually being an inauguration speech, right? And, yes. you know, the, the words are fantastic. I mean, I've been an Imran Khan fan for many, many years. That's whilst he was a, the, the captain of Pakistan cricket, not as, as a head of PTI, mm -hmm. not necessarily. Yeah. So he, he, he has that character. He is he, well respected globally for his obviously cricket, cricketing talent. He's a great orator. All right, but but my, but my question is, you know, when he's talking about governance, he's talking about the Medina model, and then you know you bring in all of these, you know, the chaps who are the so-called electables from from other parties who are already tarnished with being corrupt individuals, who are already been tarnished with with a number of other, you know, you know, kind of uh, you know allegations and accusations. You know, to what extent have you actually almost, you know, you know, you know, you know? You know, de almost. I was going to say, decapacitated yourself from achieving your objectives by aligning yourself with with such individuals. Yes, you're absolutely right. But as you also noticed, he said in his speech that we will start accountability from us. Mm. Um, and I think you know, I, th this is an interesting uh, element. I do want to see him, uh, you know, uh, challenging those people who are corrupt, even within his own party. Yeah. Uh, he cannot continue with them. I mean, what he's saying is very pure at heart, and what yeah. he's saying is, uh, you know, that I will not even live in the PM house because yes. he's following that. Actually, if we look to Western philosophy and we read yeah. books about what great leaders are. 
are. They are people who go out amongst crowds and listen to what they have to say. Yes. They, if we if we read books on what is justice, uh, you know, in the political theory, we see he's 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 really like bringing forward some of those uh, theories and in, in his in what he's saying. But but um, he, he's not cite, he's not citing the Western politicians as his uh, as his prototype and as his, as his example, right? He's citing the Medina yes. model. So he's saying, yes. you know, yes. I, I mean, if you take the Western politicians as as a yardstick, they are living in those you know great che- mm-hmm. house you know checker you know checker and and the Downing Streets and and, and the great mm-hmm. presidential palaces, right? So he's citing the Medina model, yes. which is obviously the model for you know the state for the poor, equal everyone's yes. equal before the leg- legislature, yes. strong institutions, you know equality for all, you know and and yes. and you know yes. jobs, you know looking after the yeah. the, the, the what does he say the Gharib Tabqa, yeah of yes. of Pakistan. That's what he's resonating with, and he's using that Medina model. But but I get the uh, almost the feeling that the the Medina model will be you applied in the social element of, of Pakistan. But when it comes to the political aspect and the econ- economic aspect, and when it comes to the foreign policy, then we're going to continue with almost the existing apparatus, but maybe try to get a better deal. I think uh, you know uh, he. So he mentioned China, for example. Yeah. He mentioned how they, uh, and he he's mentioned. Uh, he hasn't mentioned specific countries, but what he's saying is that we want an equal society where we don't have this kind of rich and the poor. And mm. so I think he's looking at welfare societies like England, where he mm. has spent you know a number of years. He's inspired by uh, these different political systems. What I also really found commendable is that he wants to improve international relations with the world. So we don't think of America or India as our enemy. We you know, we get into constructive talks. He wants to uplift that uh, f- uh, that relationship with international relations. Mm. Uh, you know, our international relations. He wants to boost the economy. So I think what I want to say in response to what you were saying before is that you know he's yes he's he's great with words, great orator, very charismatic. Mm. But he has delivered when he uh, on very big. You know, of course, cricket was a separate. You know, let's, that's not politics. But then let's look at the the, the hospital. Let's look at the university. He he has uh, delivered uh, really big social uh, you know goals, and now he's in the political sphere. Right. Okay. Um, so I think I think when it comes to delivering, mm. I I trust that he will deliver, but it will take time. Okay, uh, uh, fine. It, it will take time. We've got we've got about six minutes left, right? Uh, yes. So I want to I want to utilize the best of those six minutes with yourself, uh, Doctor Sundas, right? So I, I want to take the example of the economy and and foreign policy or politics, right? So we we know we've got a huge challenge in terms of the mutual. He's talking about the mutual beneficial relationship with the US right yeah. I want to reverse the one-way relationship and I want to balance that out right uh, and, and at the same time you got India and, and the Kashmir issue okay we need to come on to the table and negotiate right just yeah. let's take those two examples right with the US at the moment we know the US and and, and the cronies before Imran Khan and the political parties they've been fighting uh, and, and this is the words of Imran Khan they've been fighting the US war in Pakistan through Pakistan army how are we gonna reverse that so, um, he. I mean, are we going to stop fighting yeah. that war for America in Pakistan? Are we going to stop killing our own people? Are we going to stop the drone attacks in Pakistan? Are we going to stop the yeah. the violation of of, of Pakistan you know, sovereignty by US mm-hmm. indiscriminately? Is he going to be able to do that? Yeah, so yeah, he's he's trying to tackle this through, you know, the, he has been critical of the drone attacks and he mm. mentioned in his speech about Afghanistan and how we need to make sure that Afghanistan is, you know, help it to be a stable country because that's where a lot of this uh, activity or extremism, you know, perhaps may be, you know, happening. Mm. Um, so he, he's focusing on those regional, uh, you know, he's focusing on that. Uh, he will have direct conversations with the U.S. Uh, when, you know, when it comes to drone attacks and, and changing and changing some of those policies. 
he's there. Um, if, if we look at his 100-day plan that he has published uh, in, in May this year, he goes into more detail. With right. Kashmir, um, I think I, I think I, I was so uh, you know relieved to, to, to listen. Um, I was having a conversation with a few colleagues the other day, and we were talking about Kashmir show, and I was saying we need a leader who will you know get into constructive talks. I really hope he can somehow you know change change what the current situation but, or the status quo with Kashmir, yeah. it, even if it means you know initiating some sort of discussion, a constructive discussion, it will not be resolved in uh, you know overnight. No, absolutely. Uh, but have you seen the rhetoric that's coming out of India with regards to Imran Khan's victory? They they, they have not taken yes. very 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 positively yes, but, the but, victory of Imran Khan. They so obviously they prefer been, Nawaz Sharif. Yes, they they do because uh, Nawaz Sharif uh, carried the status quo. Nawaz Sharif uh, was yeah. politically corrupt. Uh, Imran Khan is not. Imran Khan has been, you know, the Indian media has really uh, come down hard on him. And Rahman mm. Khan's book, they've been giving her a lot of spotlight, uh, mm. you know, and giving her attention. But that that that's all is separate. It's not related to his political cause and his credibility. People have voted for him despite all mm. of that. So I think the media will will not favor him. And the media we know can have its own perspective. It can be a lens of we look at the German media, for example, they're, they're saying, uh, you know, that the army is involved and so on. Yes. But I think uh, what we have to really focus on here, I, I say again and again, is that people did want this change. And mm. Imran Khan will, uh, you know, he will be facing these sorts of issues. Mm. But I think he has the courage and the strength and the perseverance and, mm. and like the and the gut to really fight it through um god willing you know i think if he he's 65 years old um and mm. i think if he, in the next four years he still marshall looks very young huh I think we'll have a, you know, we, we can be proud. Uh, We've got the best a, looking prime, you know. prime minister <laughs> yeah. in Pakistan, is, is that what you're going to say? I'm very excited. <laughs> a lot, no, a lot I, of people are saying know, that. I, a lot of people are saying he's better than Justin Trudeau. You know, I think at least, you know, we will have somebody on the international stage who can represent the current generation and what they think. Like, I, I just think that Nawaz Sharif and, you know, Zardari and Musharraf, they just feel like a generation who, who don't, who don't relate who can't, to what, Who can't but, speak on that, who can't, on that, uh, who can't speak on that international platform. Hmm. Yes, I mean, everything that Imran Khan said in his speech yesterday is so, is so current, it's so fresh, and, right. you know, it's taking our country in the right direction. Right. Uh, Dr. Sundus, you know, it's been fantastic speaking to you. A great 25 minutes. I, I haven't even realized 25 minutes have gone by. Uh, so we're about to go into a commercial break. Great insight from you uh, with regards to Pakistan and what's happening in Pakistan. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. And we hope that we can actually speak to you again in, in, in the yes. near future. Yes, absolutely. I would be uh, delighted to speak to you again. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Sundus. Thank you. Thank you. Right, listeners, that was uh, Dr. Sundus Ali from Oxford University, and as she correctly pointed out, I was actually surprised when I when I was here, uh, when I was reading that she was a lecturer, sorry, a journalist at Oxford University. I thought, what's a journalist doing at Oxford University? Of course, she's a lecturer and not a journalist. So much for for my program notes. Anyway, we're about to go into a commercial break, but I'm surprised I've not received no SMS, no WhatsApp, and no call with regards to Imran Khan's victory. I mean, what what was all these celebrations in in Bray Park? last couple of days of Tabdili Aye here man if, if you really feel that Tabdili Aye then pick up the phone speak to me 01582 481822 77941822 Tabdili Aye or not please pick up the phone speak to me we're going to go into a commercial break and we'll be back in a couple of minutes when we'll continue to discuss Pakistan elections until and until uh, end of the hour inshallah assalamu alaikum
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban on uh, Inspire FM 105.1 FM. We are discussing Tabdili Ayi here. Right, so we're discussing Tabdili Ayi here. We're discussing Imran Khan election victory. Tahrike Insaf election victory. That's what we're discussing. 01582481822 to call into the studio and speak to us directly here in the studio. 0779481822 for your SMS and for your WhatsApp messages, inshallah. Ta'ala. Get them in uh, to all of our listeners in uh, Luton, Nottingham, Sheffield, Peterborough, surrounding areas, nationally, internationally, via our app. Call in, get your thoughts and your uh, your sentiments with regards to Imran Khan's victory over to us. And one person who has already messaged in is Brother Kashif. Let me go to Brother Kashif. He says, victory for Imran Khan. Need to bring in foreign company jobs. Let's take some of uh, call center and IT jobs that are currently out there. The speech was amazing. Backed by stats, the previous uh, rulers never gave a speech like that in their whole political careers. Okay. Okay, so there you go. We've got some feedback coming in, inshallah. I do want to play some parts and some clips of Imran Khan's speech and get your thoughts on what Imran Khan's been saying. Pakistan. دیکھیں میں میری جو انسپریشن تھی وہ ہمارے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے جو مدینہ کی ریاست بنائی اس ریاست کے اندر جس طرح کا انسانیت کا نظام آیا پہلی دفعہ دنیا کی تاریخ میں ایک فلائی ریاست بنی Right, so that was Imran Khan, and what he was referring to the Medina model, right? The Medina model of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in Medina, and how he wants to emulate the Medina model in Pakistan. Uh, Brother Hamid Niazi, the Medina model in Pakistan. What, what do you make of uh, the aspirations and and the vision of Imran Khan? I think he mainly applies that to the welfare state aspect of it looking right. after the poor equal rights justice for all all mm. these things where pakistan has been completely lacking in mm. as we know justice goes to the highest bidder in the courts wherever all the way up to the chief justice um there's no health care there's no education so i think he meant it more in regard to that i right. actually attended a speech of imran khan but this is probably going back about 12 years ago probably right. i think it was pearl continental hotel in lahore right and in that he mentioned about you know becoming into politics and someone asked him a question they said look imran khan you're a good person you're nice and everything why are you coming into politics yeah. you know you're going to get tainted and he gave a good mm. answer there he basically said look you know the welfare that i'm doing now mm. is at a certain level but mm. can you contemplate and imagine the welfare aspect when established on a state level which mm. was a good point mm. you know mm. so i think he means it made from that aspect because if you look at the manifesto yeah. there's no significant changes in terms of the economic system mm. the judicial system foreign investment all right. that is very very similar right. however his view is to do it in a more honest way yes yes okay that's interesting uh, i believe we got abu uh, isra on the line uh, abu isra are, are you with us on friday night live I am, yes, indeed. Yes. Ah, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Friday Night Live. Jazakallah for, for joining us. Abu Isra, I'm, I'm going to uh, open up by asking you your, with regards to your thoughts on Imran Khan and PTI's victory in the Pakistani elections. Is that a, a, a new dawn for Pakistan and Pakistani politics nationally, internationally, or is it just a change of uh, face but the same system, according to some? Well, I mean, look, people are 
calling it tabdili and change of face. Um, my reading is uh, that it's not a tabdili. In fact, it's not even change change of face. I mean, uh, Imran Khan has come uh, with the same team, uh, a team of electables. These are the same faces we've been seeing for last, I would say, 20, 30 years, to be honest, in mm. politics. So these people have been uh, with the other parties. Um, you know, you have same lot who were with PMLQ, PMLN, PPP. Hmm. So I don't know what the really people are talking about, to be honest. So Imran but Khan is, is, is not talking about... Yeah. Yes, John. No, it's a tabdili in terms of Imran Khan, right? As opposed to, you know, having Nawaz Sharif there, having uh, Bhutto there, right? Or Zardari there. So, you, you know, the, the hope that people are, 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 you know, aspiring to is in the face and in the character, in the personality of Imran Khan, right? And his, his speech with regards to the Medina model being implemented in Pakistan. He wants to bring that Medina model. I mean, I've got a guest in the studio, Hussein Hamid Niazi, right? Who's saying that, okay, that's, he's wants to, it's almost like he's restricting that to the social element and not, you know, the Medina model in terms of the political element or the economic mo- uh, e- economics or, or, or of the Medina model? No, I, I, in fact, I would agree with uh, what Mr. Niazi said uh, just uh, a few minutes ago. Mm. I mean, look, there, there, is, there are two aspects, and I agree that there is an aspect aspect related to the wealth, welfare state, mm. which whereby, you know, you the state providing the basic, t- looking after the basic needs of uh, its citizens. And that, yes, we agree. In fact, there is a, almost a consensus that this uh, aspect has been taken from Medina, from Islam's model of mm. governance. But what is what is missing is that the economy, the economic system, for example, in Pakistan, which is mm. completely based on Western capitalist model. Mm. So if, for example, look at the debt um, that uh, Pakistan is drowning in. Uh, we, are, we are about to touch a hundred billion dollar mark in terms of external debt, mm. and people actually don't talk about our internal debt. We are touching around twenty three trillion rupees of internal debt from mm. uh, you know commercial banks and uh, and uh, from state bank of pakistan all right, so, so, so let, let's come on to the, pol- the political element and the economic element for a moment. But but wouldn't you agree with, with, the, with the sentiments of the masses that, look, at least the fact that he's come in and he's talking about the state of the poor, he's talking about equal legislation, strong institutions, new jobs, farmers, laborers, wealth creation... I mean, of course, is is there are you know slogans, and of course, commentators are already saying that okay, he's one of of one over the nation, but he's already got the political crisis and the economic crisis facing him immediately. But isn't that a glimmer of hope that at least he's going to address that tabka, the gharib tabka, and is going to make some provisions available for them that previously were not available for for for, the, for those people? I think people need to realize is that when you need to address the issues of a, of, of a country the size of Pakistan, where you're mm. talking about 200 million plus people, where 60 to 70 percent are living in utter po- poverty, mm. then you cannot address them with, first of all, with the same system which has caused all these problems in the last 70 years, and second, with the same people who were who part of this problem mm. for the last 20, 30 years. So I think we, we need to look slightly deeper than, you know, uh, what's on the surface. I mean, there is a euphoria. I agree the PTR supporters are really buoyant right now. Yes. But the issue is that we are going to apply the same solution. So, for example, Asad Umar, he's a potential uh, finance minister. Yes. What's he saying? He's saying that he'll have to go back, uh, go back to IMF for a bailout. Yes. Now, we had around 12 different bailouts now since 1980s from IMF. And you know what IMF bailout means? Um, we all yes. know. They, they come with strings attached and, very, you know, really heavy, heavy strings. Yes. So the thing is that, unfortunately, uh, you know, um, this tabdili that we're talking about 
it's not even at the ability of faces, same old faces, same team. I mean, you know, one man, he, how is he going to deliver? I mean, whatever mm. he's talking about, he's gonna, he'll have to deliver through the team. And mm. this is the same team that we have seen before, to be honest, in different guises under PMLQ and PMLN and even PPP. Right. So unfortunately, I mean, I, am, I, I, I do sound pessimistic, but the reality in front of me is this, that this man has the same team. And in fact, people think that he's coming into the power for the very first time, but the reality is that he had five years of, um, op- five years of governance opportunity in KPK. Mm. Uh, we did not see anything in, uh, for Etisab. We call it accountability. He, in fact, um, you know, let go of his own accountability setup that he established within a couple of years. Um, you know, the debt in the province of KPB, K- KPK sort of uh, has risen to uh, unbelievable levels. Right. So to be honest, this is his track record. Um, right. So I don't know. I mm. mean, you know, I don't know why people are talking about this Sabrina and this euphoria that we are witnessing uh, right now. Right. There, there is nothing under the surface. Uh, I want to dig into some of those you know points that you're making a bit deeper. I've just received a message to say that it's raining outside and, and you're, you're definitely dampening my my kind of euphoria and, and the euphoria that a lot of people you know, who are listening to the show are probably feeling that, you know, there's going to be a change in Pakistan. And you're saying there's no change. It's the same faces. Uh, and, you know, there's not much change if there's any change at all. Right. But I mean, OK, yeah, we, we have an economic crisis. Right. Uh, and, Imra, you know, you know, one thing when I was listening to Imran Khan's you know, speech that, that struck me, right, is that we've got a huge economic crisis. Uh, we've got a huge debt. He's talking about trade deficit. He's talking about, you know, with jobs, okay. But at the same time, in terms of solutions, he's talking about, you know, you know, expert investment. He's talking about raising taxes and, and getting people to pay taxes and, and, you know, by reassuring them of strong governance. That's not going to fill, 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 fill that hole, is it? Uh, and, and then going back to the IMF and World Bank, back again, we're just tying ourselves exactly with the same, uh, you know, noose, right, or loose, right? So I, I can't see any... I, I can't see any changes in in terms of the economics uh, of of Pakistan, and I can't understand why he's not perhaps looking at the Medina model from a wider perspective and looking at okay, how did Rasulullah I mean, when he went to Medina, it's interesting actually because they were you know you know they didn't, they had no material assets to, to 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 their name, they had no liquid assets to their name, but yet they were able to build a very strong uh, you know entity in Medina. So why is he not referring to the Medina model for the economy of Pakistan? I think my personal view would be that the understanding people carry in Pakistani politics of what Medina model is or what mm. Islam Mustafa is. So, for example, we know that in 1977, when there was a a, a movement against the Mr. Bhutto at that time, mm. it was the the movement called Nizam Mustafa. So, people have we, we, this tells us that people have Islamic emotions. Generally, mm. public want. And hence, leaderships in different guises, they do come up and they have to mention Islam. So, Imran Khan is talking about Medina. Previously, people have talked about Islamic Republic of Pakistan or mm. Nizami Mustafa. Mm. But unfortunately, the ideological understanding of what Islam is, to be honest, that is missing. Mm. So, it is, it is, it is all, almost all rhetorical, you know, just, just slogans and uh, mentioning Islam here and then to, to, to sort of serve. Uh, the, the the political purpose uh, of of keeping public or people on your side because mm. if you openly um, come out and say that look you know we are going to stick to the current uh, economic system that we have in Pakistan which is uh, which is like uh, commercial banks and IMF World Bank Asian Development and Paris Club for example we are going to just stick to uh, this particular way of managing the economy indirect taxes on people. I mean, you know, and, and which is all, uh, to be honest, not from Islam, if you think about mm. it. It's not from Medina model, to be honest. 
For mm. example, I'll give you one quick example. In, from based on Medina model, mm. which we also can call it Khilafat model, for example, mm. uh, you know, people cannot be taxed indirectly. I mean, they cannot. You cannot have indirect taxes. Islam just simply cannot. It does not allow indirect taxes. What do you mean by indi indirect taxes? Do you mean, for example, I was speaking with someone earlier, and I was saying, well, if if I, if I was to translate Imran Khan's, you know, vision or at least some aspect of it, next time I go to Pakistan and I top up my Jazz mobile, when I put 500 rupees on that mobile I should get 500 you know repeat credit I shouldn't get 350 because 150 has just been taxed off siphoned off is that what you mean exactly this is exactly what I mean so for example uh, no I mean that's a good example but anything you buy in Pakistan any service mm. of goods or product mm. uh, you get taxed on it so for example if I uh, as a an average uh, wage earner in Pakistan mm. with 45 50,000 rupees my monthly income my mm. monthly salary mm. first of all I get directly taxed from my uh, salary the mm. government takes the 15-20% yes. direct yes. from us. Yes. And then whenever I go buy something, even a loaf of bread, right. uh, you know, I'm getting a GST, which is called yes. general sales tax. General sales and, tax yes. and I'm paying same general sales tax, and it's, it's similar to VAT in right. UK, for example. It's a yes. very similar tax. So I'm paying, uh, as a 50,000 rupees monthly income person, is paying yes. the same general sales tax as a trillionaire in rupees in Pakistan, yeah, Zardari yeah. and these others are paying. And Imran Khan himself is a rich fellow, you know. Mm, so mm. he has not he has not promised any changes in, for example, indirect taxation or any Islamic taxation. But, but let, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you, uh, Abu Isra. Right? I, I I I understand that you're not an economist, right, by profession, right? But you know, how would you, you know, what would you propose? as an alternative all right so he's talking about taxation he's talking about you know expats investing reinvesting he's talking about building strong governance so that that in, in itself attracts you know foreign investment he's talking about stable government a transparent government which of course will attract you know outside investment in in the country and, and help stabilize some of those institutions but you're saying that's not enough what would be an alternative to, to, to those. Alternative, uh, alternative uh, uh, will have to be a radically com uh, different solution altogether. We'll have to come out of this this uh, paradigm that we are we're looking at uh, mm. within where we're looking at the solution. So, for example, mm. the debt issue is not just a Pakistan's issue. Mm. I mean, if you look at the developed economies, you know what the UK national debt is? It's over two trillion pounds. You know, US national debt, twenty-one yes. trillion dollars. Yes. So the the thing is that as long as we are we are sticking with this current global capitalist order, mm. and we will look for solutions within this order. As Muslims, of course, we had a, mm. a, a Medina model. Uh, the mm. true Medina model tells us that we cannot be part of this international capitalist global order. Yeah. So we need to. We, there, there has to be a paradigm shift. Um, um, and for that, we need to explain it to Mr. Khan. And I had a discussion with Imran Khan in Lahore um, a few years ago. Right. And, and I was quite uh, sort of, I was quite disappointed, to be honest, when he mentioned that the British capitalist system, uh, sorry, British democratic system, is the model for uh, for Pakistan. So, but okay. So, Mm. So there is a rhetoric for Medina model, but mm. unfortunately there is no understanding Maybe, of what. Yeah, I, I, I think okay, fair enough. Okay, I, I want to turn your attention, uh, Abu Isra, right, to to India, right. So we've got a we've got a you know we've got a challenging neighbor. We've got a neighbor with aspirations, economic aspirations, world aspirations, uh, financial aspirations, political aspirations, right. And then we've got you know you know we need to have some relationships with India at the same time. And then we've got this very you know uh, you know uh, sticky you know situation. Situation with with Kashmir and we've seen what's been happening with Kashmir over the last months if not years right 
you know, at the moment, Imran Khan is talking about, you know, coming to the table, negotiations in terms of Kashmir. What, 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 what do you think with regards to, you know, the direction that Imran Khan might take with regards to Kashmir? Do you think it's going to be an issue that he's going to be able to resolve, you know, and put a credible solution on the table? Or do you think it's just going to be one of like another Palestine, which just continues for, for years? Well, I mean, look, I uh, just mentioned uh, Asad Umar being his finance, finance minister. You know, he's the foreign minister who's going uh, to be. It's, uh, it's the same same Mr. Shah Mahmood Qureshi. So Shah Mahmood Qureshi, who was the foreign minister under PPP government, the, 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 this gentleman or, uh, the, you know, the, the, the foreign office that Pakistan has, we do not have a different thinking of resolving Kashmir. Right. I mean, you know. For example, uh, I'm, a, I'm from... So, that, so that's interesting. So you're saying in terms of e- economics and, and the foreign policy and all, all the other key ministerial positions are, are just going to the, the same chaps that had, had similar positions or ministerial positions in the other parties. Well, exactly. I mean, that, <laughs> hence, um, hence, hence my... Uh, <laughs> Pessimism. Hence the conclusion that where is this Tabdili people are talking right, about? Right. So, you, know, you see, I, you see that, that's interesting because a lot of our listeners probably, they're thinking Tabdili here because Imran Khan is there, right? But what they don't understand is the men behind Imran Khan, Tabdili there there's no Tabdili when it comes to the men behind Imran Khan. So it's, it's, it's not just the men are not different, it's the system remains the same. Mm. He's going to be using the same model that Pakistan has been following for the last 70 years in terms of economy, judiciary, right. I mean, your internal security, external security, foreign policy. Mm. I am telling you, not an iota of a difference going to take but, place. But, uh, you, you know what, I, I'll refer you, you know, I'll push back on that, right, Abusra, because, you know, I was listening to another Imran Khan, you know, and I'm a, a bit of a mini Imran Khan fan back from my cricket days, right? Uh, but, I, mm. you know, but I also believe that he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a very good orator, you know, you know, kind of a, a influential speaker. And you know, they were interviewing him with regards to these electables before the elections, right? So you know, you you bringing all these electables inside your party. So what's gonna, you know, t- you've tarnished your own party, the you know, the, the concepts, the principles that you stood for. So you know, I, you know, so, so uh, you know, how how are you gonna how do you reconcile that? So he, his view was right, and again, he was going back to the analogy of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I don't know why they keep going back to the analogy of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is interesting actually and I, and I like your views on that too right but he was going back to the example of the Prophet and he's saying look the Prophet you know he ruled over so many different categories of people but he didn't allow them to influence him as, a, as the leader of the people but he rather changed their criteria and molded them around his vision so his idea was okay you might be saying that the foreign minister is the same you might be saying the economic minister is the same who was in the PPP or, or Nawaz Sharif's camp in the previous year but now like the account like like he said in his speech, accountability starts from my party, from my ministers. I'm the one who's going to mold their, sh- you know, their thinking, their framework, their outlook, and what is the criteria that I want them to go and engage with these foreign powers. So it might not be the, it might be the same chap, but he's not necessarily wearing the same hat. He hasn't got the same agenda as he had previously. Well, I mean, look, he, he, although he's saying that, but the reality is that these people around him, the electables. They have made a considerable investment in these elections. And mm. I'll tell you one thing, you know, any capitalist, uh, Jagirdar, mm. or an industrialist who has thrown, uh, you know, bil- uh, millions or tens of millions, in, in, in some cases, probably 100 plus, you know, in different constituencies, people who have made this type of investment, if you think that they're not going to recover their money through different means, maybe initially, yes, we will see some, some, um, uh, some measures um, in front of the media, they will pre- present that look, Governor House or Prime Minister House has been given to a university or something. You will see these sort of things um, mm. in, uh, in the first few months. 
But I'll tell you, in the five years, these people will recover their money and they will make much, much more, more on their investment. So that's that's one aspect. In, in regards to your example of Prophet Sallallahu very interesting example, in fact, very apt example for Muslims, Prophet Sallallahu created a team around him and mm. he cultured and he nurtured and he made the team believe in Islam and its solutions. If Imran Khan, for example, had done that, and he understood himself the solutions from Islam in terms of economy, judiciary, and all the other areas, mm. and had built a mm. team around him, I would have been the first person going and, uh, you know, following him and supporting mm. him. Mm. But unfortunately, the, the, the reality is that he has, he has gone for the same model mm. that we have uh, followed in Pakistan for the 70 years, which Britain left in yeah. 1947. And he's, he's, he's t- and he's doing the same thing with the same people. So yeah. people are not different. Mm. system is not different. I'm just wondering where this change is going to right. come from. Can I, I, I just quickly say... Yeah, yeah go on, uh, go on Hamid. You, yeah. You've been listening for a while, silently. No, just a short, short mm. comment right, mm. regarding this team issue. I mean, initially, you could say he did have a team which he nurtured mm. and they shared the actual vision of what mm. PTI were all about. Mm. But those were the people that started out with PTI originally. They were mm. sincere people, but mm. all of them have been sidelined no, now. Uh, they've been what, sidelined. P- PTI or the other parties? Oh, no, PTI. Yeah. In P- when, when PTI started out... Yeah, the principles that the people P- you know, yeah, were, were yeah, they espoused were all the, to. Well, yeah. the people that were in PTI originally, mm. before all these so-called electables, yes, yes. they were people, ordinary people. Yes. You know, They were not people that were originally in PPP or PML yes. and switched yes. party yes. due to horse trading or promise yes. of a position or yes. whatever. Yeah. They shared the vision, yes. which... Avustra was talking about, mm. they were actually cultured. But all of these people have now been sidelined mm. by the so-called electables. Mm. But, but that was the and Yeah, go on, Avustra. And, and I just wanted to add one thing. I mean, look, look at what the situation right now is with the results. 118 to 120-odd seats that he has, and he needs 137. So we're talking about another 17 to 20 seats he needs. Mm. You know, so what he will have to do? He will have to then obviously look for independence and mm. rely on smaller parties. And exactly the, the, one of the problems we have in democracy is that, you know, he, he will be held hostage not by people from within his party, these electables who have invested billions. Yeah. He will, uh, there will be other elements outside of his party. So I, I don't know what he's talking about in terms of how he will, you know, be a leader who will be like, you know, t- taking this uh, a bunch of loose bunch of people around him yeah. towards his vision, whatever the vision may, may be. But I mean, you know, when people have their own vested interest, right. interest, mm. I mean, you know, I don't know how he, he's going to do what he's claiming to be doing. All right, last quick question because we're we're running fast running out of time, Abu Isra. I want to get your thoughts with regards to the relationship. This relationship is it agnostic or is it a cozy relationship between the military and the civilian government, and and specifically with, with Imran Khan. A lot of the commentators have written, you know, that there's no uh, there's no doubt whether you whether it's a tacit or whether it was actually quite uh, you know open support of the military struck ISI for Imran Khan where where do you see and how do you see that relationship uh, over the next few years the relationship has been very cozy and Mm. uh, I was listening to your previous um, uh, speaker or the uh, guest guest, uh, yes Dr. Sundas mentioned that where is the evidence of yes yes exactly the evidence is well I'll I'll tell you where the evidence is evidence has been um, presented time and again by the journalists in Pakistan. Yeah. The journalists are openly almost saying that, look, uh, mm. we, we, we've been almost threatened and we've been given a certain line to take and we, mm. uh, we've been told that if you don't take this line, then, you know, X, Y and Z could happen. Mm. So, I mean, you know, so the, and, and it's not just one person uh, is saying here and there. I mean, you know, it's, it was consistently across different uh, news channels and uh, news pr- print media, people from different sections of Pakistani uh, press and media uh, have said consistently the same thing. 
and, uh, and there were also uh, there were also candidates of different political parties who said that you know they were threatened. So I mean, you know, the, the, the evidence is out there. Of course, right. we we're not going to find the documentary evidence, and you know, nobody leaves the do- documentary evidence in these. Right. Uh, okay, we're running out yeah. of time, but I, I, I do want to get a forecast from you, not not a weather forecast, Abu Isra. But what, what, what's your forecast for Pakistan over the next four years then? Well, your political, my, your political forecast, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, my forecast is that the establishment would support Mr. Khan, uh, and they would want him to sort of complete his five-year term. Uh, so, but in terms of any meaningful changes, there will be superficial changes. You will see things, a few things happening here and there. But, but I mean, in terms of anything meaningful, unfortunately, no. I mean, but, but let me ask you, Abu Isra. Okay, you know, CNG crisis, you know, uh, load shedding, electricity problem, you know, chini prices. You know, and all of these all other day-to-day problems that we see. Do you, you know? You know, this is where a lot of the people who are listening they're gonna they're gonna say that. Look, we feel that Imran Khan's gonna make a change in these aspects. Do you, do you feel that this these issues will finally you know these issues which really should be you know no no issues or no issue items really for any you know you know any country any you know progressive country. Do you, do you really think that we're gonna put a nail on, on, on you know, we're gonna put a well, hammer on the nail on, on these particular issues? Well, uh, huh? I, I would have said um, that uh, if, if his potential finance minister, had not said that he is going, he's about to go to IMF for a bailout. When IMF bails you out, when IMF bails you out, you 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 know for sure what's going to happen. Inflation is going to go up, prices right. going to go up, taxes going to go up. They're going to suck the blood out of poor people all just right. to pay the interest payments on the IMF loans and all that. Right. So, unfortunately, no. All right, okay. I, I don't see any hope. In oh, on that note, Abu Isad, thank you very much for joining us once again on Friday Night Live and inshallah we'll be in touch soon for uh, another episode sometime in the near future. Jazakallah. Jazakallah. Thank you very much. Okay, that was Brother Abu Isra, a political commentator and an analyst on Pakistan affairs. A, a, an alternative perspective to Imran Khan's victory. We are about to go into a commercial break. Just a reminder, you are with me, Hafiz Shaban, on the Friday Night Live where we've been discussing the Pakistani elections and Imran Khan's victory. We're going to go into a commercial break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday afternoon on the 27th of July, uh, corresponding to the 13th, 14th of Zilqaida, 1439. Uh, pray that you're well and welcome to all of our listeners, whether it's in Luton, Nottingham, Peterborough, Sheffield, or nationally or internationally. Always great to hear from you and hear from you, uh, from you in terms of your thoughts on the topics uh, we are discussing. 01582. 2481822 to call us here in the studio 0779481822 for your SMS and your WhatsApp and the first hour was very interesting actually so we had a 
two different sp uh, guests on the on the show. We had Dr. Sundas uh, Ali, and then we had uh, a political analyst and commentator Abu Isra, if I remember correctly. Some interesting comparative reflections on Pakistan and Imran Khan's elections and what it means for Pakistan. Uh, I've seen a lot of you know WhatsApp messages and videos going around where people are celebrating Tabdili Ayi here and uh, you know in euphoria and celebrate in a very celebrative uh, mood uh, in 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 a lot of these you know cities in London in Luton and in some of the other surrounding uh, cities in in the UK and yet. I'm not getting many messages from you. I'm not getting many messages. I'm not, I'm not hearing your thoughts with regards to, do you think that there's going to be real change in Pakistan? Do you think this is a new dawn for Pakistan? Or do you think, as, some, uh, as one of our guests was saying, that it's just a... In fact, he was saying it's not even new faces. He's saying the old faces from PML, or they're from PPP, and they've just been joined Imran Khan and his camp. So anyway, if you've got any final thoughts on that, do SMS us on 0779481822. And I am going to go back to uh, my guest in the studio who's, gonna, who's here for a different topic, but being an expat, uh, being uh, a Pak, uh, you know, someone from Pakistan who's actually spent and lived uh, almost 12, 13 years, I believe, in Pakistan, you know, and now living back here in the UK in Luton, I want to get your final thoughts on what's been discussed over the last hour and, and your your reflections, uh, Hamid. Bhai. Yeah, I mean, having like you said, sort of lived in Pakistan for 12, 13 years, mm. the public opinion for Tabdili, real change, mm. has been building up and building up. The pressure has been building up like in a mm. tank that's about to explode mm. over the last 13, 14 years because yeah. of the immense problems people face. I'll just give yeah. you one example. In UK, if you go to a restaurant one week, the yeah. menu's there. Go there one month later, the price is the same. It's the same yeah. menu. Yeah. In Pakistan, the inflation rate is such, if you go to a restaurant, the menus are changed every single week to incorporate price raises. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And the basic food items, mm. you know, not meat, things like onion, you know, the things that poor people would be surviving yeah. on are mm. so, so expensive. So the public opinion for Tabdili has been so strong for so many years. Mm. Mm. And what the military does is, in cases like this, they don't come in openly to mm. like say we're going to back this person or something they manipulate right. the media mm. to try and vent this desire for change mm. in a direction which is more palatable to them right, yeah? right, right, right. and it seems they've vented it in this direction i'm not saying that imran khan is not sincere mm. yeah? that's a separate issue mm. yeah mm. he's being used to a certain extent right, right. yeah so okay. that's one issue in terms of uh, diverting okay. the, the mm. public opinion very so quickly yeah yeah another quick point is mm. the very first speaker she mentioned about imran khan where he sort of built mm. hospital and college mm. one thing to note here when he built a hospital and a college he mm. built it from scratch Yes. Completely different system, completely different Nizam, which he was in control with from the first brick. Yes. Yeah? yes. Imagine if he tried to take over an existing hospital yes. with all its corruption and all the problems. I don't think he would have got very far. He would have been right. banging his head against the wall trying yes. to get a simple thing done because of the bureaucracy in the hospital. Yep. Apply that analogy now to a nation state of right. Pakistan. That's all right? interesting. So mm. rather than having a completely mm. fresh new system, mm. real tabdili, right, all right? Right. everything, the bureaucracy is there, mm. these guys are there, mm. the system, I can see him banging his head against the right. wall trying to get changes. Very, very interesting points there, Brother Hamid. Uh, Jazakallah here for, for those points. And as I said, listeners, if you've got any comments, you know, normally some.
sometimes, you know, some of my uh, former friends, uh, I shouldn't say former friends, but for some of my friends in Sheffield are sometimes listening and, and they send in their messages and SMS and say, Hafsa, we can, we can hear you here in Sheffield. But, you know, I, I haven't heard from them for a while, so you know who I'm referring to. So if, you, if, you, if you're listening to us, sending that SMS, sending that WhatsApp so we know that you're listening to us out there. But anyway, let's, let's change the topic. That's enough of Pakistani elections and, 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 and Imran Khan for, uh, for, for Friday Night Live. Enough, for, uh, enough of that subject matter. We are actually, and we've brought you into the studio, Brother Hamid, to actually discuss a slightly different subject matter. Uh, and that's a subject matter that, again, is probably close to many of our listeners' hearts. And that is the ongoing crisis in Syria. Uh, and in particular, you're doing, a, you know, you're involved in an initiative which is taking ambulances and has taken ambulances and delivered ambulances into Syria, right? So why don't you tell me and our listeners more about this initiative? Yeah, alhamdulillah. As a volunteer, I mm. got involved in this project last year because I thought it was a good and worthwhile project. Right. Uh, a number of charities came together right. with the objective of raising funds from, alhamdulillah, the generous public, mm-hmm. using those funds to purchase ambulances. Alhamdulillah, right. last year they managed to put together 85 ambulances, which was a world record. And it Eight, was actually 85, 85 ambulances? Yeah, 85 ambulances. So they purchased 85 ambulances here yeah. in the UK? Here, most, the bulk of them were from the UK. There right. were a few that which were purchased from France. Right, so about from 10 other number. European countries? Yeah, it was just France, really. Uh, 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 and then what did they do with those ambulances then? Then we as the volunteers, we drove them from mm. UK. Mm. Just to make clear, we went through Europe, France, Italy. We didn't even step foot into Turkey, though, due to... Th- the realities today in safeguarding. So you actually drove one of those ambulances? Yeah, yeah oh, I joined Allah. the convoy and it took us roughly about five days. We delivered the ambulances to the Turkish-Bulgarian border. Oh, fantastic. Where the Syrian partners, they're actually Syrian nationals and it's a right. Syrian charity, they mm. took over the ambulances mm. into Syria delivered mm. them and dispersed them and alhamdulillah we've got reports that they've been used up to 20,000 times well, within the, the first the sort of ah, few months un- understandable understandable yeah. I mean there's going to be a huge demand uh, and uh, of course those, those ambulances probably don't last for, for very long for, for obvious reasons right uh, so, so what, what made you actually you know get part of the join, uh, join this particular initiative any, any particular reason or just generally helping uh, the Muslims of Syria? I mean, I knew one of the brothers that was mm. involved in this for about 30 years, so I knew right. him well. I trust mm. I'm the only reason I got involved in it because it was 100% donation policy. Right, so I that, that's kn- quite yeah. key, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and you know, I knew that these, these guys basically, th- although he's like the CEO, they don't sit behind desks, they get mm. their hands dirty and so mm. on. So I knew him personally, and that's why right. I sort of got involved with in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a worthwhile project. Mm. And this year, they're planning to do it again, um, mm. targeting, inshallah, let's see, up to about 100 ambulances but the kind of ambulances you need are not the sort of patient carriers you see in the uk you know the Mm. usual ones it's more like the four-wheel drives because they need to get over bomb damage and rubble Mm. and as you rightly said this assad regime you know it targets Mm. hospitals and ambulances and this Mm. sort of structure as well Mm. so it's quite a difficult situation Subhanallah. So, what the target this year is a uh, hundred ambulances. Uh, t- tell us more about the the convoy and uh, t- the convoy 2018, I guess, because the last one that you're referring to was convoy Unity Convoy 2017, right? That's right. Yeah, that mm. one was in uh, 2017. Uh, this year, we are planning to leave in October, the end of October. Um, again, the similar sort of route to last time, last year. So you're going to be going again? Yeah, inshallah. That's oh, the plan. So, so we'll be going again, mm. inshallah. Alhamdulillah, very understanding wife. Alhamdulillah. Oh, supports, supports all these activities. Very good. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, oh, oh, essential part of it. Yeah. I mean, last year it was a world record breaker. The BBC yeah. covered it as well. Right. So they covered the departure from Dover. Yeah. 
They also covered the usage of the ambulances in Syria. Yeah. I mean, when you go on things like this, you need to always realize why you're doing it, inshallah. Mm. You know, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you need mm. to have patience. Mm. For example, last year at Dover. Tell, 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 yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. tell us more yeah. about the, the, the yeah. trip itself yeah. and, and uh, to what extent it was hassle-free. I mean, you, you didn't go into Turkey, which obviously would have made it slightly easier for you in the sense, at least from a, 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 almost like a foreign office perspective, because if you go going to Turkey or you've gone to, you know, the kind of dangerous areas, uh, zones, and you always get into, a, a bit of a, a, you know, a murky water, deep water with the with the authorities. So h- how was the the the, the road trip? Hassle free, tr- trouble free, or well, it's like hard. You need to have patience, mm. everyone. Remember why you're doing it. So, mm. for example, at Dover, I no. got there at one thirty in the morning, right? And I didn't board a ferry till ten o'clock in the morning. So, so I was there for right. roughly what about eight and a half hours in the ambulance, <laughs> in the ambulance in the queue right. in Dover. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to France, and uh, our contingent were all right in France, but other yeah. guys got stopped every so often and so yeah. forth. Of course, yeah. it's going gonna, gonna to be a bit of a strange one where, where they've seen strange, 85 yeah. ambulances yeah. driving and, and yeah. they're thinking you know where, where are you boys heading right but to be honest you know what the, fr- the greeks were really good yeah. yeah i mean if you look at economic problem mm. the greeks are in a much greater economic problem than mm. the french and yeah. the italians mm. all these roads in these countries they have tolls on mm. so we had to pay tolls for these ambulances in france and italy mm. got to greece and the greeks said look it's a noble cause you know, mm. we support it. All our roads are open for you. They didn't charge us a single so, toll at all. Oh man, that's yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. Yeah. So really, you know, they were they were really really encouraging. Yeah. But just an important point. I mean, mm. that's why again these charities involved in this they're quite sensible. They want to do mm. this again and again, and that's why they only take us up to Bulgaria and we mm. don't even step foot into Turkey because mm. then there's grounds for maybe this happened or that happened and so mm. it's just to keep a clean sheet mm. you know so we like, yeah, mm. exactly yeah, okay. especially in this day and age you need to be a bit more careful all right okay so so that that's a bit a bit about the unity convoy 2017 so there's a new unity convoy that's been targeted for october 2018 the target is 100 ambulances where 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 have you got to in terms of that target 100 ambulances this this is of course national national initiative right that's correct it's a national initiative so Mm. last year and this year you've got people from other cities involved in Mm. leeds and bradford okay so as part of a volunteer it's not just driving the ambulance that's the easy part Mm. yeah like five six days what's the harder part is you know the fundraising because these mm. things cost money that's what really uh, takes much, the time uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting i'm sure our listeners mm. are interested you know, yeah. how, how much is an average uh, or, you know the price of an ambulance these ambulances that they're targeting the four wheel drive ones mm. yeah the total cost which they're budgeting i think they're over budgeting a little bit this includes the cost of the ambulance the mm. petrol ferry um tolls you know the cost to get it into syria yeah yeah mm. plus they've allotted roughly f- about 500 pounds to go towards uh, hospital construction in right. syria mm. so they've targeted between 10 to 12k per ambulance per ambulance all right yeah. okay so that's that's what they're looking at in terms of cost there so uh, uh, easily you need uh, over 100 100 grand for for these uh, for these ambulances right that's to right, make absolutely. the target of uh, of 100 ambulances uh, for october all right so so how, how is that target coming along are we on track are you on track for, uh, to hit, to achieve that target you're optimistic inshallah still a few months to to go how's the campaigning coming along alhamdulillah the 
the Ummah is very generous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the campaign started a bit late. It didn't start. It started in the last few days of Ramadan, and obviously during right. Ramadan, the yeah. Ummah a bit more drained. So Alhamdulillah, it's coming along. Mm. Yeah, fundraising is due to end at the end of August to right. give the buying team a chance to actually provision these vehicles. Right, right. And they'll buy some. Some they can get from France, and they've also got some guy who can actually convert four-wheel drives into ambulances. Oh, really? Wow. And it's important in the logbook it says ambulance because if it doesn't say ambulance, yeah, Urbacan will not let it in. And he will not let it into Syria. So it's got to say ambulance in the logbook. Right, wow. Okay, yeah. interesting. Alright, so uh, uh, something associated with that is that you've got an, uh, an awareness uh, event happening in the next couple of days associated with that. Tell, tell us uh, what's happening. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, Jalal Masjid on Biscuit Road. Um, right. Jazakallah to the committee in the Masjid. They've allowed us to hold an event there on Sunday oh, between 6.30 and Maghrib. It's so a fundraising event for Unity Convoy. Okay, so people can come and donate, they can come and ask questions about Unity Convoy mm. and there'll also be a brother who's quite well known amongst the youngsters, he's called Aki Ayman mm-hmm. and he'll be giving a short talk. Basically, Is he a, lo- a local brother? He's from London. He's from London. Oh, he's London. Yeah, I mean, he was stabbed some time ago mm. and uh, wow. very severely his heart stopped beating, he almost mm. died. But mm. as we know, Ajal is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it wasn't mm. his time, alhamdulillah. Mm. And he'll talk about that sort of gang culture, the stabbing that are going on and mm. how he came to Islam mm. and, the, and these sort of topics which are important for the youth today because we know mm. what's happening on the streets these days mm. yeah. there's too much infighting amongst the youth and they're fighting over you know trivial issues and things that they shouldn't be fighting about mm. Mm. so you know if everyone you know can come along inshallah 6 30 till Maghrib Sunday uh, Jalal Masjid Biscuit Road mm. like so it'll be a nice ch- chance to meet us as well and maybe ask any questions about Unity Convoy mm. All right, so that, that's interesting. Jazakallah uh, on uh, on that topic. Let me let me ask you. I mean, at the moment, there's a lot of these initiatives, mashallah, you know, up and down uh, the country, right? A lot. Of, I see a lot of uh, a lot of brothers getting involved with you know cycling initiatives, uh, you know, you know some of these trekking initiatives, uh, you know, and all you know, obviously geared towards raising money for these good good causes, inshallah. So you know, if if there's people out there who are listening. Uh, you know, and, and want to get involved, right? With this particular, let's say, Unity Combo, for example. You know, how, how do they get involved? Well, like I said, come on Sunday, that will be a good start. Mm. Uh, if they don't live in Luton, there's mm. the website, Unity Convoy website. Mm. Just Google mm. it. That will have information on how they can get involved and how they can support. Because, look, mm. it's not just about the money. I mean, you need the du'as of people. Mm. If people can raise awareness and let other people know about it as well. Mm. You know, it's, a, it's a sort of package how they can support. It's not just financial. Yeah. Yeah? Mm. So there's lots of information out there that they can actually access. Google's got everything on nowadays anyway. Mm. Mm. And in terms of these initiatives that are happening up and, up and down the country other, other initiatives or other organizations that you're actually working in conjunction with uh, for, for yours or is it uh, for the unity convoy or is it is it primarily is, is it muslim was it muslim aid? human aid human, human aid, aid human yeah. aid right yeah i mean human aid is one of the charities involved there's mm. various charities there's one called world uh, aid convoy mm. there's organizations involved as well there's one like called syria 10 Mm. Yeah. So it's a conglomerate of various people coming together and it's good to see them cooperating mm. you know, on this basis. Alhamdulillah. Okay, like. good. Just one thing I wanted to mention that's mm. important to know that you know, as a volunteer, the volunteers, we all pay our own expenses. Mm. Yeah, that's why it's 100%. So we pay our own food, our own drink, 
uh, we play we pay our own flight back because obviously we need to come back and you're not going to have a vehicle oh, to come back really? in okay. yeah mm. so and, and at the end you might have to stay in a hotel for one or two nights those are mm. all our expenses that we pay from our own pockets so that doesn't come from the sadaka itself mm. if it did i wouldn't have got involved in the project like right. i'm just a volunteer i'm yeah. not a, a member of any of these organizations yeah, yeah. okay so that that's that's good to to p- bring some transparency around that subject matter because i know i know there's a lot of questions sometimes that are asked on in in that area right because uh, you know people are donating their money and they expect that money to go towards the purchase of those ambulances and, and uh, you know the last thing they want to know is that it's been redirected towards some administrative uh, costs etc all right good alhamdulillah jazakallah hai, brother uh, hamid niazi on uh, this uh, sharing this initiative with us inshallah ta'ala, mashallah. so are you expecting a lot of people to turn up on uh, sunday 29th of july Inshallah, let's see. Hope so. Let's make dua, inshallah. Because I, I did see some pictures, mashallah. You've been doing some of these uh, pro- uh, presentations in some of the other masajids or some even some schools nationally. How's the, how's the feedback been? Yeah, it's been good. I did a couple of collections in Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, in Sheffield, mashallah, people, they're very big-hearted, very generous. I'm mashallah. generally the Muslim Umar, but especially yeah. in Sheffield. Yeah. So I did a few collections there, mm. a few masters there. Mm. I mean, I lived in Sheffield as well for a few years, so mm. I'm like a, an honoured northerner, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so alhamdulillah people mm. are contributing but yeah. like we said you know make dua do whatever you can but above all also make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solve the sol- you know what we do with this charity mm. I mean, charity is not really the solution it's, mm. it's a help but is that yeah. I was going to ask the question I mean, yeah. in terms of a wider you know uh, mm. raising awareness right mm. uh, because of course I mean uh, this is uh, Syria now what is it is it 68 or 78 now that this crisis yeah, is ongoing too long and, and of course you know in the past I've had I've had uh, guests and, and people that I've spoken to from, from Turkey uh, even a couple of weeks ago t- discussing Turkish elections and, and Turkey's role in terms of supporting uh, you know the crisis uh, and, and at least the victims of the crisis in Syria uh, and, and, and the crisis is going on it's seven years and, and still going on right yes. so I mean is it part of your initiative I mean are you also finding that or are you you know, consciously trying to raise awareness with regards to what is happening in Syria. You saw some of the ways that people can potentially help over and beyond, you know, donating and getting involved in some of these initiatives. Or is, is, that, is that really not the, the scope of, uh, of, of this, uh, th- these organizations? It's not really the scope of these organizations. Mm. But as a Muslim, as I was about to say, is, you know, charity itself isn't really a solution. It's a help. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and people need help. So, mm. for example, if someone is crossing the road and they get hurt, they mm. need that initial help, that initial mm. first aid. Mm. But then that needs to be carried on by taking them to the hospital and getting mm. the complete tra- treatment. So both are needed. Mm. Today we find ourselves, generally as a Muslim Ummah, we're just at the help stage. We've mm. not really moved on to the solution stage. Right. And the list of people that need help and solution is just increasing, like Burma's added to the list, and mm. Kashmir, and Yemen, mm. and Palestine. And it's just getting longer and longer. Mm. None of these issues are really being solved, so we really need a solution. Mm. And I'd urge, you know, not just make dua. We, we, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a solution, mm. and, and I don't have to come to this studio again and ever have to ask anyone for money. Mm. Yeah, let mm. us be in a situation where no one needs our sadaqah. Mm. 
Let's let's we've still got a few more minutes to discuss, but let's let's widen the the discussion too. I mean, a lot of other initiatives happening there. I mean, a couple. I think it was maybe not last weekend, but the weekend before. Mashallah, I know from our very own radio station brother Tariqi. Mashallah, he's involved in a lot of these initiatives. I mean, you know, quite regularly get messages from from this brother. Mashallah, always raising funds for number of different initiatives, right? And I think two weeks ago they were doing a weekend cycle, right, from Cambridge to London. Was he involved in that? Yeah, yeah. I think Human Aid was some of the guys from Human Aid were on that, so he might know Abdul Maki. I'll ask him afterwards in case he knows Abdul Maqid. Right, right. Well, is that the brother who rode to Mecca, is it? I think he did as well. He's part th- of that yeah. name sounds yeah, yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. I think he did that one as and well. And he's involved in this one, is he? Oh, he's part of Human Aid. Right. He's so actually part of Human Aid. Oh, yeah. he is, is he? Yeah. Right, so so a lot of initiatives, right? I, I was saying earlier, you know, there's trekking, you know, there's uh, the the cycling. Cycling's obviously, bit, I think it's taking a uh, a, a liking to, to, to the people. A lot of people are, are, are doing do that. A bit of cycling. Uh, and and you know, the interesting thing is, right, is uh, exactly what you you were actually, you know, referring to. And uh, if people are watching us on Facebook, maybe they could see that. But, uh, and, and that's the point. It's a combination of, you know what, it's a bit of a, an exercise, right? It forces you to do some, ex- you know, external and other activities. Mm. You know, whether you're climbing Snowden, whether you're climbing Ben Nevis, you, you know, again, I think there's an initiative coming up in a, in a week or two weeks' time where some of the brothers from Interpol are going into Ben Nevis. Mm. So a lot of these things, are, and, and it's, it's positive in the sense that it's getting communities involved, it's getting people involved, it's getting people out there who previously, I mean, two years ago when I went to Ben Nevis, I had never gone, and I ne- I'd never considered trekking, mm. right? I mean, I didn't even know what, probably what trekking was, right, in terms of <laughs> as a concept. But these brothers introduced me to it, and mm. uh, wow, I, I really took a liking to it, and it was fantastic, eye opener. And at the same time, you're raising funds for a for a good cause, and at the same time, you're obviously putting yourself through some, you know, uh, so, put you, putting yourself through some paces, good for your health, etc., etc. So good initiatives happening out there. So I mean, uh, apart from the obvious initiatives, you know. I guess it's an encouragement to our listeners to say, hey, look, think of other creative means in which you can actually contribute to the community, com- co- contribute to a, a, worth- a worthy cause, contribute to some of these international causes. Okay, or even yeah, It doesn't have to be an international cause. It can be a local cause, whether you're feeling, if you're feeling the homeless or whether you're, you know, uh, you know you're, I don't know, raising funds for a local hospice or, you know, for a local school. Get involved. And and, and and the month in terms of the, the summer months a good time when there's a lot of these initiatives happening up and down the country so I think it's it's it's, it's a good sign it's absolutely it's, it's a good, good sign that people yeah. are taking it I mean I, I know another friend of mine I won't mention his name <laughs> you know he's he's not into cycling at all right mm. and uh, recently you know we, we sometimes share the commute into the, into the city for work right so mm. recently you know he's been sharing photographs he also went with brother Tariq you know he was also involved in the in the cycling right so I mean subhanallah people who have never actually done cycling and some of these you know activities are suddenly you know picking up those activities getting involved obviously then you know subsequent to that then actually you know you're turning that into a hobby turning that into a routine in into the in their own lives and then all, at the same time saving you know uh, helping uh, the ummah globally inshallah any any other ideas any other things that you know that that's happening out there worthy of sharing w- w- with uh, with our uh, with our listeners because our listeners you know the idea is to actually inspire them right to give them you know some thoughts give them some uh, uh, things to actually think about and and allow that to actually you know sow the seeds in the in, in their in their minds in, in, in right and then you know let let them uh, f- let other thoughts and ideas flourish f- flourish from that. I mean everyone's got to look at their own situation. Mm. So for example, someone might have time. 
Yeah. Someone else might have money. Yeah. Someone might have a skill. So mm. everyone's got to look at themselves and see mm. what they can use and put forward. Yeah. yeah? So alhamdulillah, mm. I've got time. I've got understanding mm. wife. Mm. So I can put time towards this project, mm. go yes. on the convoy itself. Yes. Yes. Another brother, he might not have that luxury of being able to give time. Yes. He might be able to do something else. Some brother might be able to cycle and really good yeah. at it. Yeah. So what you're good at, use it. Because Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you that skill. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you that talent. Yeah. So use that in a way which will please him. Mm. And you'll gain a reward for it. Mm. And all these things that you've mentioned, and Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen It shows the big heart of the Ummah mm. And the generosity Like Rasulullah He described us as one body And yeah. any part of the body feels pain The rest of the body reacts with that mm. And that's what we're seeing yeah? right. um, But inshallah I pray that we move Past just this kind of reaction And towards a different kind of reaction as well More towards yeah. solution as well yes. But Alhamdulillah it's, it's a very good sign Within mm. the Ummah no, absolutely, no, no doubt about that, inshallah. So there, there you go, listeners. If you are listening today to Friday Night Live, inshallah, you know, take some inspiration from, from, from this. Take some inspiration from some of these initiatives. You know, Unity Convoy, mashallah, target 100 ambulances to, to be taken to Syria in October 2018. Get involved, you know, with some of these initiatives. And if you're not involved in any initiative, I can ask the question, or you could ask the question, what am I contributing back to my community? Right, what am I contributing back to the community and all of us, you know? Uh, it goes back to that kind of concept we were discussing <laughs> earlier, but all of us need to be contributing towards our community. All right, so we are coming towards the end of that particular segment of the, the show. We're going we're gonna to be going into a commercial break now, inshallah, in uh, a couple of seconds. Uh, just to remind you, you are with me, Hafi Shaban, on uh, the Friday Night Live show, inshallah, on Inspire FM, one of 5.1 FM. Uh, we were discussing the Pakistan elections, Imran Khan's victory. Tree. Uh, in the first hour of the show some interesting guests that we had to discuss that and now we've been discussing with brother Hamid Niazi who's kindly joined us in the studio to discuss the unity convoy uh, which is targeting to take 100 ambulances to Syria in October 2018 and has a, a, an awareness pro, uh, an event happening on Sunday 29th of July in Al Jalal Masjid we are now going to go into a commercial break you're with me Hafiz Shaban don't go away come back when we're going to be discussing the heat wave currently hitting the UK until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Friday Night Live with me Hafiz Shaban on uh, live on Inspire FM 105.1 FM also broadcasting live to our sister stations uh, nationally in Sheffield uh, on Link FM in Peterborough Salam FM and nationally internationally via our Inspire FM app also live Facebook streaming of uh, our studios in Sharatala and of, of the program uh, you can listen to us via the app via the Facebook streaming or indeed from any of the sister stations broadcasting Friday Night Live as always every Friday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
do call in do send in your sms and your whatsapp messages so it's always great to hear from our listeners inshallah ta'ala and get your thoughts uh, any thoughts with regards to imran khan and imran khan's victory in the recent elections still taking a couple of days before it becomes formalized uh, still a lot of behind the scenes discussions going on a lot of developments there so there's a an article that i'm reading on the bbc website at the moment saying that the opposition parties have now actually accepted uh, accepted Imran Khan in terms of his victory initially the the parties were rejecting the in election result in fact no no here you go 14 minutes ago latest headline now says uh, Pakistan election rival parties reject result and call for a new poll <laughs> whoa so here we be, uh, uh, okay so this was if i remember correctly there was a meeting that was being called for friday so this is must be the result of that meeting where party leaders included pml and leader shabash sharif molana fazlur rahman and a number of other politicians who have got together and they are now saying that they are rejecting the result and they're calling for a new poll it's almost like the people in the uk calling for a second referendum i just somehow i don't feel that it's going to happen whatever whatever the aspirations of some of those political individuals may be inshallah ta'ala. but anyway that was what we were discussing in the first hour of the show and that was an interesting discussion we've then been discussing the unity convoy mashallah and brother hamid the niyazi has been in the studio with us where he's been sharing mashallah uh, this unity convoy and and their target and their aspiration to send 100 100 ambulances to syria in october 2018 Previously, last year, 2017, they were able to successfully send over, was it 80 or 85 ambulances, mashallah. It's a fantastic initiative there, and they are having an event in Luton on Sunday, 29th of July, 6.30pm at the Al-Jalal Masjid, inshallah ta'ala. Right, so that's what we've been discussing up until now. Now we're going to actually move on to a, a final topic, which for me is an interesting topic, and, and thank God, you know, that, that we've finally had uh, plenty of sunshine in the UK, right? So it also actually seems like not everyone is... Uh, I don't know if the word is too happy with a lot of sunshine, but excessive sunshine and obviously the heat wave as is being currently being cat- uh, you know characterized or, or categorized as is uh, not necessarily uh, or it has its dangers. Let me let me put it in that way. It has its dangers, and uh, we need to be a bit careful. Uh, but what would I be able to tell you about that? Not much, unfortunately. I'm not an expert in that area. I just, I just love I love going out in the heat because obviously it suits me as an individual. But mashallah, we do have in the studio uh, Dr. Tahir Sab, mashallah. Local GP who's gonna shed a bit of light on that, give us some expert advice, mashallah. You know, I'm not the expert in this particular field, so let me welcome into the studio Dr. Tahir, mashallah. Welcome to Friday Night Live. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Thank you, welcome, Assalamu alaikum, mashallah. How are you? Okay, yeah, alhamdulillah, very hot. Just finished <laughs> work, coming to the um, the radio straight away. Oh, fantastic, and alhamdulillah. Um, uh, we just had a little bit of cool temperature outside, just a little bit of rain. I saw yeah. on my car, yeah. uh, it was nice. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I'm still getting my you know SMS alerts and uh, WhatsApp alerts, and someone just messaged me saying it's it's raining outside, and I thought no. It yeah, it's be. unbelievable because uh, the um, uh, Met Office had sent Amber um, warnings warning, yeah. Yeah, this yes. week, and yeah. it was very very hot. To yes. be honest, until four or five o'clock when I went to uh, evening session to work, yeah. after three o'clock it was so hot. Yes. So I had at least five glasses of water. Yes. And didn't have a chance to go outside until yeah. just now came out of the message. Yes. So 
cool breezing wind and uh, some drops on my car. That yeah, was right. a blessing. Right, right. Okay, Alhamdulillah. All right, so we're going to be discussing everything heat related and, and, and the heat wave. And we're going to be, be, be giving some practical guidelines and guidance to our community, right? So let's discuss that. And as I said at the beginning, I mean, I love the heat. Right, do I you? love sunshine. Absolutely. But not this heat, do you? I tell you I tell you what I don't like right and that's when I'm going to work in the city and then I'm on that tube oh my lord right that that is well, uh, that uh, is the I, most I, uncomfortable journey I've yes. had to you know have for a very long time but apart from that the you know since April you know almost in 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 Ramadan since then we've had this fantastic spell of of lovely weather and they're telling me that these heat waves are are, are to become part of the character of uh, of every day of you know, everyday life. Do you know the problem is in this mm. country we are not used to face uh, warmth more than maybe a week or so. Yeah. And this exactly. has been the extended very very warm uh, weather and yeah. this is the beginning of uh, some kind of uh, changes in the climate. Yes. And uh, in the next few years coming is uh, is going to be more prolonged mm. and we're coming to touch temperature 35 36 next year or so. Wow. And uh, uh, I think we are not used to it and we were not expecting it. We yes. are only used to temperature uh, just a couple of hours when you start to go to the yes. sauna yes. or take a warm, yes, warm yes, yeah, exactly. bath, something like exactly. that. No more yeah. than that. Even yes. uh, So uh, it was very unexpected and it has yeah. caused a lot of problems uh, in the UK and yes. uh, work-wise and yes. people, who are people who are holidays and things like that. Yes. Uh, but luckily, Met Office had been very proactive mm. and giving us a warnings. So people mm. have been taking precautions. Here. Yes. Okay. So, so, so let's just start discussing and delving into it in, in, in a bit more detail, right? Initially, I was going to say it's almost like a uh, an assumption to make, but you know, a lot of our listeners would be you know from the Asian subcontinent, right? Yeah. You, you know, Asian subcontinent. This is nothing and, for them. This is nothing for them. Right. So, uh, so the first thing I was going to say to you, right, is uh, you know those 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 members of our community who are from the Asian subcontinent who have lived out there and been out there you know for them this must be lovely this is in fact they're probably saving some money and they don't have to go back to Pakistan and they can just sit in the back garden and enjoy the heat here yeah 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 many many people they liked it but uh, to be honest uh, um, the uh, because if they have become westernized and somehow in some way lifestyle then things become difficult okay people who just come from back home like Sri Lanka Pakistan India Bangladesh they might not feel it the people who've been living here for for decades or grown up here though they have uh, origin from back home but uh, I think they haven't been exposed to that high temperature for for many many uh, decades so therefore uh, it's very very difficult especially people who are extreme age like children and elderly people yes yes Yes. so so let's start going into that so Okay, you're, you're right. Just because you're from the Asian subcontinent doesn't necessarily mean that you know. <laughs> yeah, f- that's fine. true. It, that's hot true. temperatures and, and I'm accustomed to it. It's, it's all good. Everyone needs you know some practical advice that's in right. terms of okay how to be careful and how to actually enjoy the sun, you know, in in, in a sensible way, in in a right way. So if if we firstly let's let's say let, well why don't we start with the the youngsters, right? So the youngsters, you know, my kids, summer is summer holidays, fantastic time, great weather. They're going to be out there in in the, in the hot weather, out there in the park enjoying themselves what what are the some of the practical things that are uh, you know the family and the parents should be considering with regards to their kids before you know sending them out and saying all right off you go for your bike ride off you go in the park and sometimes you know they can be out there for hours that's right yeah that's right I, actually as a parent if we mm. reflect back mm. this this uh, Easter mm. and it was excessive pollens 
yeah. and exposure and people a lot of people they had a hay fever worst hay fever ever mm. that as we have seen as a patient as well right, right. so one thing that exposure to uh, pollens and going to park gardens they enjoyed yes. a lot and they had yes. a lot of problems yeah. plus that that Easter has extended in a such a gradually warm weather mm. that it caused a lot of problems so I think they as a uh, parents we need to be very careful uh, tell mm. the children when they go outside especially when holidays sports days and everything mm. like that mm. and plus Ramadan was very critical in this yes, weather because yes. you must have given some um, precaution to your children's schools yes, and I think when yes. to fast when not to fast yes, when you yes. go outside and pee yes. uh, they need to have a hats done uh, hats yeah. on the cap all, yes. all these kind of things yes. so that was one of those things I think almost every parent's done it school yeah. was very careful yes. doctors in the hospital they were very careful and mm. there was a lot of uh, communication on the Facebook all these mm. kind of things mm. that was a very good point so mm. uh, being parents I think the more important thing is when your children especially young children they go outside and they don't know what's going on they are risk of having heat stroke which is which could be very fatal so right. they need to keep themselves in the cool don't go unnecessarily outside to be honest yeah okay but the problem is nowadays the inside there's a lot of humid as well yeah, and you yeah. have to open the windows all these kind of exactly, things exactly. so if you go outside use a mm. couple of things like make sure that you take the warm, uh, bottle of water with you mm. hat on your head mm. as well as sun cream on your face on mm. and the hands and mm. the exposed area and mm. don't try to be uh, in the uh, in front of the sun for a long time mm. you must do something for example half an hour is a lot even if you go outside yourself mm. half an hour this heat outside you'll feel dizzy Mm. And children are children; they don't know until something happens. Then yeah, they fall yeah, and things like that. A lot of accidents they do happen. Okay, yeah. so okay, Doctor. Okay, so there, there, there you go. Listen, some practical advice uh, for our parents and uh, for, for those with, with children. Uh, let, you know, let's be a bit more careful with, with our children. Make sure we've got plenty of fluids, plenty of water when we're going out with with our, with our children. Let's make sure you know caps. Make sure we've got some sun cream, uh, and make what, what sure I was doing, they're not out there for too yeah. long of a period, yeah. right? What I was doing every day mm. in the morning when I was going work, my son was getting ready. I said, where's your water bottle? Yes. And where's your hat? Yes. I even asked him to use the black goggles when come out from school, okay? Where's, where's these things? Yeah. Yeah. Sunglasses, so most yeah. of the times he, yes. most of the time he would forget either hat or the water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's why they're kids, right? Well, you, as a parent, you need to insist, you need to keep reminding them. Yeah. You know, also, I kind of, I, I kind of, you know... Uh, you know, trying to get my kids to you know get those shades on, right? But yeah. uh, some of them they, do, they don't like to wear shades. No, <laughs> no, they, they, they're not used I to. I find it. it very strange, right? Yeah. But uh, I mean, is is that a health benefit, or is that, is is it good in terms or, of general protection of from yeah, uh, I think the eyes from the sun? Good for the when they go outside and there's right. a lot of sun outside, mm. and uh, it helps you protect your eyes. Plus, also hay fever mm. when there's there, and it will protect your eyes as in that case as well. Mm. So I think they're quite good, and people, mm. the, the children they like it. It's like not babies. I think in the little children you can tell them you yeah. use them like yes. I'm using it. Okay, yes. but. Uh, when they grow little six, seven, they say, no, I don't like it. Because yeah. other children don't do like it. Yes. So try to put them now and then, especially yes. when you take them outside. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So Alhamdulillah, so there's some good advice there. And what about, who, who are the other kind of vulnerable categories of, of people when it comes Pe- to the heat? People, people of extreme age, as I said, elderly right. people who are right. immobile, staying at home, or they have to go outside. Right. Especially, I feel sorry for the people who are not privileged, who have to work on the roads, mm. uh, no. the buildings. 
sites no, exactly. and they have to make their monies yes. and we need to think about those those people as well yeah. okay and also people the, who um, they, they run the shops especially on the streets and markets yes, yes. and these are people's vulnerable people like elderly people staying yes. at home in nursing home care yeah. homes yeah. your uh, parents grandparents are home yes. and they are sick for example someone has got diabetes someone has got yeah. kidney problems yeah. they are dehydrated someone has got uh, urine problems yes. they have got so many diabetes all these kind of problems yeah. they are at risk mm. of uh, dehydration mm. heat exhaustion and heat right. stroke if they go outside right. so we need to be very very careful about those individuals right so so the general advice is you know be be, be careful general advice is plenty of liquid you know general advice is you know get that fresh air don't not too much exposure to to the heat and, and to the sun i guess right uh, as far as possible don't go outside unnecessarily that's what mm. i'm telling you. because if yesterday i went uh, outside and the roads were nearly empty in the afternoon mm. nearly empty that was a good sign Mm. Because it was so hot yesterday, yeah. and uh, don't go outside unnecessarily, especially on the sports, uh, on the gardens and the parks, mm. and especially don't take your children and the elderly parents. You can open the windows at home, stay at home when the temperatures cool down after three, four, five, six o'clock, mm. five, six o'clock. Mm. Then you can go outside if you yeah. can do. But if you want mm. to, if you have to, uh, then you have to. But otherwise, try to avoid it unnecessarily because it's going to cause problems. Mm. Mm. Yeah, excellent, excellent. But there's good, nothing good to be scared of. Yeah. It's just the lifestyle you have to. Just you need to think. Yes. You need to see how things are changing yes. uh, worldwide, especially in the UK yes. uh, perspectives. Inside mm. the humid, mm. you go to the garden. That's fine. Open the windows, but make sure that you drink loads of water. Mm. If you have to, if you've been drinking two liters a day, you must make sure that you drink at least three and a half liters a day. Wow, that's normal. Right. Because you sweat a lot. There's a lot of uh, yes. even inside. Not yeah. this is very luxury. This is air conditioning. Yeah, but in my <laughs> surgery, in my home, yes. I work. There's no air condition, so yes. you have to drink loads of water. Thank God. Obviously, uh, thank yeah. God. Uh, the, thank God. The Inspire team. Uh, yeah, they, they they they've, they've given, ago, yes. given us all these provisions yes. of AC AC studios, mashallah, so we can sit here comfortably and, and discuss. Right. They predicted well. it. That was good. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Go on, brother. Just, qu- just quick question. I mean, a lot of our youngsters. Mm. They tend to replace water with fizzy drinks and things like that. What's your mm. advice on things well, like I think these drinks? A fizzy drink is not, but mm. juices you can take. Mm. Uh, I think the best thing is the water, mm. and yeah. but fizzy drinks they cannot replace the water. Mm. However, um, um, as long as you can drink about three three liters of water. Everything, including juices, water. Mm. If they have to drink, I don't think they're going to drink liters of fizzy drinks, but mm. try to avoid it because that will make you more thirsty okay. and dehydrated. Mm. Just simple water, make a habit of simple water mm. yeah. or non sugary fluids yes. and juices, yeah. Yeah, n- non-sugary fluids and juices. I, I don't know if that concept actually exists, right? No, <laughs> it seems like everything has sugar in it, right? Yeah, there's there's nothing. The the, even when they say no sugar in it, there's actually sugar water, in it. Except water. Except water. Except water. So, so stick to what you know. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed you naturally with, right? And that's you know your your yeah. water and your milk and and, 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 and how things. blessed we are in this country that there's no water shortage, shortage right? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Think about those countries where the yeah. water shortage people have yeah. to wait when the water comes out yeah. in the tap and they yes. have to fight for the uh, for yeah. the water yeah, absolutely. and they have to be very very careful yeah. Yeah. so alhamdulillah in this mm. country we should be grateful to Allah Ta'ala yes. on each or every foodstuff absolutely plus no, the no, quality no. of the water there yeah, is alhamdulillah very Mm. Yeah, we are very good. We are very, very uh, grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty, right? And I'm, a, I'm one of those people who don't drink much water. I'm trying to <clears throat> build that into my routine. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a contradiction, right? Because I love the heat, I love the sun, I love to be out there, and at the same time, I don't drink much water. 
right so i mean of course i'm trying to bring that into my you know kind of a daily routine right but but if there's other people out there who are not drinking much water what, what are the kind of uh, you know risks associated with, with, oh, with I'll that i'll tell you if, the, if you if you don't drink water mm. uh, you're not giving yourself favor that's full stop okay mm. Um, you are making yourself dehydrated, no. okay, and you are more prone to infections. Right. You are more prone to developing dehydration, more prone to developing kidney stones, right. which could be very, very painful, end up in the hospital department. It could be so, costly, wow. costly health-wise as well as your work-wise. Right. So if you if you make habit of drinking water every day, I, yeah. I'm so impressed by so many people, my patients, yeah. Yeah. my colleagues, they bring a lot of big bottles. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's the trend now, even yeah, at work. You know, people have got the, these big bottles of water at the desk and, and you keep sipping away. I've seen so many uh, people, yes. they have the alarm on their mobile phone every half an hour. Are you serious? Up. I'm not joking. I'm so impressed. Wow. And I feel sometimes, mm. I, I feel jealous of them because they just don't have you drink water. Wow. So they drink it. Okay. For example, yeah. if they miss at least a couple of times, that's not at least 10 times coming up, so at least they will be drinking. So water is in front of you on the table. You just make habit of just taking sips of water yeah i was going to say as long as they've also got alarms for fajr namaz too <laughs> but i was going to just well, different different because i'm talking about different joking. individuals yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just joking. funny you I'm say joking. that i was just about to say what i find helps me yeah. because you know when you sleep you lose yeah. a lot of water in your sleep yes yes so i find drinking a glass of at fajr time especially yeah. and then yeah. when i wake up early again in afterwards morning. early mm. in the morning it helps mm. me a lot yeah. Does it? Yeah, yeah. It definitely helps, yeah. if, especially yeah. water in the morning. Yeah. Well, I I tell you to be honest, and my experience is that if you wake up in the morning mm. and drink three glasses of water straight away mm. after brushing your teeth, first thing, yeah, yeah, mm. then you're done for at least few hours. Right. Then at least drink two to three glasses at lunchtime, two to three glasses in the afternoon time, two to three glasses, and that's it. No, I, actually, the, it's an interesting point about the first thing in the morning, and I, and I have to be honest, I have not, I've not tried that, right? But, no. but I guess that's the, the the best time when you probably yep. can drink two glasses of water because you've just woken up yeah. and you're you know empty in internally, right? You're probably you know quite you. thirsty to drink water immediately. I mean, I, I I tend to go for to be honest with you for some milk. Right, a glass yes, of milk good, or something, good. right? But uh, that, that's a good idea, actually. You know, open up the day with a couple of glasses of water initially. Yeah, I think take it as medicine. Mm. Okay, take it as medicine. Drink water. Take it, when you go to bed, take the water with you. Right. First thing in the morning, brush your teeth. Mm. Drink water as a medicine. Okay, if you don't like it, just mm. close your nose. Drink it. <laughs> close your eyes. Drink it before <laughs> you go. I'm telling you before you fudge up. Yeah. Do it. Mm. Yeah. Then you at least if you do uh, two glasses every four or five hours, yes. just make a habit, and uh, inshallah you're gonna be fine. Right. Very, very, very good. Inshallah. Good advice here from uh, Dr. Tahir. Uh, I actually wanted to extend that advice to obviously uh, the next couple of weeks because next couple of weeks obviously a lot of people are gonna be traveling to the Haram uh, mm. to Mecca for for Hajj. Uh, but before I ask you that quick question, and we, we are fast running out of time too. What what, what are the, the what, what is the Met Office saying? With regards to this heat wave and, and why we're, we're going through this heat wave, have, have you have you looked into that at all? I haven't looked into that, but I I I, uh, I is that just glo- part of global warming? I suppose yes. Is, is, is that what they're saying warming, at the changes the weather changes all over the world? Weather changes. Yeah, even, even Japan. It's, yeah. it's not it's not a normal it's not phenomenon here, but even European countries. Look what's been happening in Greece. You know, Japan. I mean, the fatalities in, in terms of Japan from some, from, from some, heat waves. Some areas incredible. Some areas there are floods, yeah. mm. and we are facing because we never faced so much. Heat 
heat. Yeah. And we are not used to it. So we're, we're seeing a, at, a, at a global global level eco changes, right? To to the to the systems. And, and, and you that, know the reason is that we, we are the main culprit for this. Yeah, we are yeah, human absolutely. beings. Yes, absolutely. We are bringing, we are breaking the eco layers. Yes. And uh, a lot of uh, cultivation is going outside and yeah. a lot of things are coming up. Yeah. Industrialization yes. is carried out and that yeah. could be, that is a main cause of this global change. No, absolutely. Because, because of what I'm saying is people don't see the immediate tangible results, right? So because they don't see that, then they don't realize the, the significance of it. But now we are beginning to see the, the tangible results. And absolutely. Right. Because in, in the heat waves, in the in, in the extreme weather conditions, right? Uh, and so that's making people T begin take to Take example, 10 years back on, 10 yeah. years uh, back, okay? Yeah. In your own street, how many cars on the road? Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Okay, yeah, now absolutely. you can't even find the space because oh, yeah, every yeah. household has got at least three cars, two to three cars, uh, yeah? yeah? Minimum. Yeah. Yes. All right? And there's no space. Yeah. So 10 years ba um, back, there was at least mm. there was one car, okay? Mm. So be because of this, there's so much changing, there's so much pollution in mm. the um, atmosphere, in, uh, yeah, atmosphere mm. and that's causing it. And that's why that's bringing the changes. And there's a loss of forming is going away, mm. uh, replaced by the uh, houses and mm. motors, uh, motorways and mm. roads and industries, right. all this kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. All right. So, Dr. Tahir, I'm, I'm going to make the most of you so that we, since we, we've, we've We've got Thank your you. expertise for the next six Thank minutes, you. inshallah. So why don't we take a, the, the make the most of it, and uh, why, why don't we extend some of this advice, right, and your professional, you know, experiences for those who are traveling, intending to travel for Hajj, right? So you're going from your 35s and your 36s to your 45s and your 46s out there, right? And a lot of it is going to be, you know open you know air exposure at least over the days of the hajj right uh, some why don't you give us some general you know health tips uh and and and, and some of the the tips that you've given with regards to you know the heat extreme heat and, and the sun for those who are intending to travel for hajj okay very important very important very mm. important for people need to understand yeah. allah ta'ala will not welcome you mm. unless you're fully prepared yeah all right, yeah. and it's not very nice. You're going to see Allah Taala, mm. and Allah Taala's home, and you go and get sick straight away. Exactly. That means you yeah. were not prepared, yes. and that's a kind of mm. not unexpected things, and you should yes. not be no. with that. Okay, yeah. and as you moving from UK from 34, 32 to 45, 46, yeah. you should expect there's a bit lot of heat. You need to drink yes. loads of water. I know, yeah. Alhamdulillah, there will be a lot of zamzam there. Yes. Okay, you need to drink as much as possible. Keep okay. yourself cool. Yes. Clothes should be not very tight and you should i think i uh, most of the people they should use umbrella if you yes, if you see right. uh, 20 years 25 years back a lot of haji will come in with umbrellas big mm. nice warm umbrellas if you don't have to take this with you take the uh, black shades with you mm. and you enjoy your ibadah enjoy your worships whatever you want to do there in mm. your journeys mm. and you should expect because a lot of sweating a lot of exhaustion there yeah, yeah, on top of that if you are sick mm. if you have got uh, any medical problems mm. and you are more prone to getting sick and you mm. will not be able to complete your uh, ibadahs okay mm. so please make sure that you got all the vaccinations done mm. and you need to you are prepared well for this take all your medicines with you mm. and your clothes your umbrellas your mm. shades mm. and you uh, and when you go there drink loads of water mm. is the best for you yes and um, um if you can try to avoid it because we're mm -hmm. going there and you know our fat and everywhere you're going to go there mm -hmm. there's going to be sex open. sun exposure yes. some people can tolerate it some people won't take hats with you please mm. okay try to stay inside mm. as far as you can do because even saudi arabia's the the baseline temperature is 50 
Yeah, exactly. Baseline. It's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. Eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And, and remember, this, this is the peak of the summer. Yeah. Like, this is Hajj is falling this year, right in the middle of August. Oh so, so, you know, I've lived out there for seven years. And, and in middle of August, when you go to most of these Gulf countries, yeah. you won't find the nationals there, natives. They all leave the countries and, and, and they go out into Europe, into, into cooler right. temperatures. They'll go to Syria, uh, back in the days when you could travel there, or Lebanon, where it's a lot cooler. They, you don't find the locals because of the intensity of of, of all the, of the, the people heat. who are going who are traveling to Saudi is uh, is a very big be- uh, blessing that Allah Taala has chosen you to come over there, mm. and is a really really big challenge that you are up to it. Yeah. And this is really really hot season, really mm. really hot season. Yeah. And make sure that you are you are uh, up to it, fully, and you're prepared. fully prepared. Yeah. Your children, your elderly people, yeah. people who are sick, you need to be really really careful. Uh, and so, so I, I was hearing some uh, very quickly last pro- probably last question before we have to end, but I mean it's it's a good idea to get yourself into a routine of drinking water now even before you go out take there practice, right? take practice water yes. will not cause you any harm even yes. if you're sick yeah. everyone who's got kidney problems mm. is a more risk of diabetes heart mm. problems mm. any gas stomach problems you need right. to start drinking at least two to three liters here yeah. and when you go there you need to increase it because there's lots right. of showers there yeah. toilets there so keep your keep the wall the cloth yeah. Wet with the wet clothes on yes. your on top of your yes. head and clothes okay. and take as many showers as possible. All right, fantastic. And good luck for everyone. Oh, Jazakallah. Pray for us as well. All right, fantastic. That, that was Dr. Tahir, mashaAllah, that who joined us, local GP who joined us in the studio. Really appreciate that for that expertise and for your time for coming into the studio. Uh, also, want to thank uh, Brother Hamid Niazi for patiently uh, joining me for the last two hours here in the studio. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in with uh, with me, Hafiz Shaban, on the. Friday Night Live show this uh, evening uh, Friday the 27th of July and we have run out of time so we're going to be back next week inshallah with another edition and another jam-packed show probably discussing a few interesting subjects next week so inshallah until next week we're going to be signing out assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh do enjoy the sun but be careful until next week assalamu alaikum